So I bring you greetings from Gawler Baptist Church where I'm just about finished an intentional interim ministry up there. I'm supposed to be retired, but anyway, we, we're managing okay. So they, uh, they'll they be starting their worship right about now. So um, uh, for those of you who haven't heard, Gawler will be coming under the um, care and the wing, if you like, of Clovercrest Baptist Church in the near future. And they're in a in a place of rebuilding, and so that's really really great. That's really encouraging, and uh, we've, it's been good. Been a good time up there. So, at Gawler, we've been doing some fairly serious teaching about prayer. Who believes in prayer? It's uh, the thing that keeps you, yeah. So I want to see how good you are. Who can say the Lord's prayer without having any prompting on the screen? That's going to go well, isn't it? Years ago in church life, we'd, uh, we'd say the Lord's Prayer as an act of worship. And we can still do that. Yeah, who said we can still do that? Yep. You wanted people to vote at a members meeting, mate. I mean, they're all good to go. They're all ready. So um, you can do that. So I'd like you to jump to your feet or stand to your feet or you can be seated. doesn't worry me. But if you can stand to your feet, that'd be great. And uh, I know the folks up in the back are going to prompt us here, all right? So we could try it with, uh, without, any, without any help, couldn't we? <laughs> Except I'm going to get some help. That was always one of my fears in the day I'd be conducting a funeral and forget the Lord's Prayer. That would have been dreadful. But that never happened, so I'm just going to get to the passage of Scripture that I'm going to read to you. Okay. So, my good friends up the back, can you take the screen down? No prompts. Can we just... All good. All right, our Father. Well, first of all, turn to somebody and say you did a good job. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and while you're recovering from that shock, turn to one another and say we got lost in the sin bit. <laughs> Is that right? Hey, you did really well. Give God a clap for that, hey. Because it's a great, it's a great prayer. And uh, hang on, what are you all sitting down for? <laughs> My goodness me! What? What? I got to stand up for the next fifty minutes. What about you, Lord? <laughs> oh my goodness me! Uh, dear, oh dear. You're looking good, every one of you, and God is good. Just about every week in 
our church, I say God is good and the people say, and I say all the time, God is good. He is good, isn't he? He cares for us. He never stops loving us, even if we mess up, which we do. And even if we think the world's gone crazy, which we won't comment about, God is still good. So let me read to you the scripture and what I would like you to focus on is one verse out of the prayer that Jesus gave us as a model prayer to help us in our prayer lives. The reason we've been doing it at Gawler is it's just been such an important season for that church to pray its way through to a new day. But, you know, we can get to a new day, but we mustn't forget that prayer is part of what we do as followers of Jesus. So Jesus gave us this model prayer which says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have all forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are good to us. We are amazed at how good you are and we pray today that we'll have a real sense of your presence with us as we share your word. We thank you for Pastor Ben and Julie. We ask your blessing on them as they holiday and refresh in that beautiful place of New Zealand. We pray for others that might be away or not here this morning for various reasons. We bring them to you. We pray for the fellow congregations around this area as your people meet for worship in various ways. We ask your blessing. We pray for the church right across Australia. We pray for our land indeed. We pray in the midst of all the difficulties that are going on at the moment, we ask that uh, you would bless our, our country. We pray for the world in which we live. We know there are many, many things that are not right. They're not in accordance with the prayer that we've just prayed together. And we pray for that long, we long for that day really when your will will be done on earth as it is already perfectly done in heaven. We commit all this to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. So there's a, a world famous theologian called Dr. Jim Packer, or Jim Packer, many years ago, wrote in a book somewhere, he wrote this, Life is a spiritual minefield. Amid such dangers, we dare not trust ourselves. Father, keep us safe. So for the sake of it, I'll just say it again. Life is a spiritual minefield. Amid such dangers, we dare not trust ourselves. Father, keep us safe. How say you, my friend? How say you? Uh, what, what is life like for you at the moment? Or what is life like? Um, is, is Packer on the mark or is he... On the overstretch, is he saying too much? Is he overstating the case? Uh, is he making too much of the trials, the temptations, the, the struggles and uh, the spiritual struggles of our lives and of our living? What do you think? If we pass the microphone around, we could be here for quite some time just talking about that, couldn't we? we um, this much we would probably agree on, despite teaching to the contrary, that everything is going to be really easy when you become a Christian. 
you find out in the process that it is a struggle sometimes, yes? And what you were saying earlier, Damien, there are seasons and sometimes we do feel a spiritual weight lifted off and sometimes it is as simple as the weather but other times it's because we've been pushing into prayer or God does something sovereignly or whatever. But this much we agree on, life is not always, well who does agree with me on that? Life's not always easy. Uh, how many of you like that expression, life's not always a bed of roses? I could never work that expression out because roses go with thorns, right? One or two of you like laughing, that's good. I'm, we're going to get through here somehow. Life's not always easy, is it? It has moments that are... Last time I preached here, I just threw my notes down. Don't really check out to see what I'm saying. They'll go on the floor. It's not always easy, is it? There are times when there are great difficulties... Uh, great and awful trials, awful temptations and uh, all of that in areas that we would prefer them not to be in. Do you, do you, are you with me? Anybody not with me? Because if you are, you can come and preach the sermon. All good. Sometimes the physical or the emotional or, or the mental strain which we go through can be overwhelming. Not always. But I'd like you to lock in this thought. If it were not like that, if it were not so, Jesus would not have taught us to pray, keep us from the evil one, lead us not into temptation. Now, the Lord's Prayer can be used, and it is actually a beautiful act of worship, and I'm sure amidst all the fun we had, we, there was a deep resonating thing going on in worship. And it's a, it's a, I use it a lot in my own personal prayer life. I pray through the phrases of the Lord's Prayer. Anybody with me on that? So helpful, so good. But what he was teaching was we, we, we strike times when things aren't good and we need to know how to pray. The prayer starts, and I'll just add this in briefly, the prayer starts obviously with worshipping God, our Father in heaven, hallowed which means holy, which means you are separate. You are so awesomely separate from us, yes? And we want to honour your name. I can tell you something in the world I live in, I want to see our world honour his name. I long for it. So do we all. And uh, it goes on to say, your kingdom, which is his reign and rule, let, let, let that come and let it be done. Oh, says Jesus, you pray, my friends, which he is teaching his disciples, you pray along these lines that God's reign and rule will be in our lives. How about that every time you pray for your workmates, for your colleagues, for your family, for your friends? That instead of all the argy-bargy that's going on in our world, God's will would be done, yeah? Wouldn't that be good? And then, of course, we get into... Uh, give us our daily bread. In my case, I don't need any more daily bread, but that was a joke. <laughs> we need food, and we need it daily, yes. And it's a, it's a great reminder that uh, it's like that, actually. We can fill our cupboards up, but the stocks could run low. We actually need that daily sustenance. And then he goes on to say, uh, forgive us our sins and lead us uh, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
wonderful pattern of prayer. So lock this in. Jesus says we need to be kept from temptation. We need to be rescued from the evil or from the evil one. So Matthew 6.13 is the verse that you can look at if you're following on your phones or in your Bibles, which is just great, isn't it, to be able to have... I love having a Bible on my phone. It's great at the doctor's surgery. I've got to wait there for a while. I can read God's word. Matthew 6.13 says, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Hang on a minute. I'm thinking here now, does God not tempt us? How can he lead us into temptation? Did your mind go there? Has it ever gone there in that sense? Surely there's an implication here that God, well, does God make people do evil? No way. You know, the, the old saying when people are pressed sometimes, well, the devil made me do it. I find I don't even need much help from him. <laughs> So we've got some things to unpack here. James tells us in James 1 verse 13 that no one can say I'm tempted by God for God cannot be tempted by evil and he himself does not tempt anyone. So that's pretty powerful. God, God doesn't lead us into, uh, you know, he, he's, he's, he, doesn't, he doesn't cause us to do things that are bad, that are wrong, how many of you know when you've done something wrong? How many of you know that you need to be reminded from time to time that you've actually done something wrong? How many, you know, how many of you know that you need to be reminded you're forgiven? Yes? Absolutely. So God doesn't tempt, we know that. Trials, yes. Temptations, yes. And he knows that we go through them. Temptations, they come to us. But bear in mind that temptation is not sin. Well, listen up. If you take nothing else away this morning than this, I'll have done my work and I'll be very, very happy. Temptation is not sin. Say that. Temptation is not sin. Say it again. Temptation is not sin. It is so crucial. All of us go through trials. We might be tempted. We, all sorts of things will happen to us, but temptation itself is not sin. And the scripture tells us that people were tested, tried, tempted, brought to times of trial. There's Job, there's Abraham, there's Jacob, and supremely Jesus himself was tempted, was tried. Actually, the Bible says in Hebrews 5, 14, 16, and also in Hebrews 2.18 that Jesus was tempted in all things just like us yet without, finish it for me, without sin. He went through it for us so that he, the perfect one, could go to the cross knowing that he'd endured all the temptations and trials that are common to human beings but without sinning. That's the difference between he and us. That's the difference in life that it actually makes, Right? And can I say something that might actually shock you? Uh, maybe not, but in Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 12, it says that in your translations that Jesus was led out or taken out into the desert to be tempted by the devil, by the Holy Spirit. But he wasn't actually led out, he was thrown out. 
So the Greek means that the Spirit of God threw him into the desert to be tempted by Satan. Have a think about that. This wasn't some, this wasn't some you know, just random occurrence. The Spirit of God actually threw Jesus out to take on temptation and trial for us. I mean, if we're at the football, it'd be a round of applause by now. I mean, this is just incredible stuff, yes? Why, uh, it's, and we, we don't see it like that in Western culture. I mean, why do bad things happen to good people? We, we don't seem to have a rationale for that. That's why I, I like to read the book of Job at least once a year. It just put, it anchors me again in the fact that life is difficult at times. Bad things do happen to good people sometimes and there seems no rationale or explanation except ultimately Job knew that God was God. And that's what we need. So why temptation? See, the, the Hebrew mind would, have, would not have the same difficulty that I experience in trying to understand this. Not that I understand it fully. But the Hebrew mind knew that everything was under the control of God. That's why it keeps saying to people, God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. And I've had more than one person say to me, that just that little expression, week by week in Sunday worship has changed their lives. Because God is good. And all around might be cracking up. All around might seem to be out of control. But the Hebrew mind that everything, including trial and temptation, was under the sovereign hand of God. And you know, in our own lives, if we get to understand that everything in life is under his hand, under his control, even if we can't work it out like we want to, God is still good. And it'll work out. Not always easy. Jesus teaches here for us to pray, listen, that we'd be spared temptation or trial. Father, see, connect up the first bit, our Father. Father, don't lead us into trial. The word temptation here can be translated fairly, trial or test. Don't lead us there. But my friends, don't stop your prayer there. Because that's only half the prayer. Father, don't lead us into trial or test. But deliver us from evil. Hmm? So to pray, Father, don't lead us, uh, um, spare us temptation, would be kind of, just to pray that would be kind of dumb. Because we're asking to be spared, but deliver us from evil. So I want you to, to look at the text closely. There's two things here that's, that stand out to me. He says, forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Our sins, sins and sins against and lead us not into temptation but deliver us can you say and but and but two conjunctions and but and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil are we not asking in this prayer that God will in all the difficulties of life in temptations and trials and, and all of that will he not rescue us and it can be translated here, kind of, will you 
rescue us. We've got a song we sing in church. You might sing it here, I don't know, John. He's our rescuer. I like that second song, one of those songs about the caring song, except I haven't got the tenor voice like you got, man. You did good, eh? But the, God is a rescuing God and he loves to rescue us. It might not always seem like that, but he does. John Stott, the, the English preacher from Langham's Place, long been with the Lord now, quite a number of years ago in Langham Place in, in London, said something like this, behind the words is the realisation that Satan is too strong for us. We can't stand up to him, but our father will deliver us if we call on him. So friends, temptation is universal. You're not going to escape it. Trial, you're not going to escape. There will be times of difficulty. You remember, I don't know, who got peeved off back in the COVID thing? We've almost forgotten COVID existed, yeah. It's still around, but how, how many of you guys, when, how many times did you say, if they play that, we're all in this together one more time, I'll throw something at the TV? <laughs> Am I the only sinner in the room? <laughs> My goodness. Because we kind of think, well, we're not in all this together, are we? Some of you don't seem to be. Anyway, we won't go there. But temptation, on the other hand, friends, is universal. Uh, we all experience it, or we have done so. And we would long that, we, that it was actually some other way. And sometimes when I hear people railing against the sins of others with this kind of pharisaic and puritanical tone, I think to myself, fine for you, buddy. But you just mightn't have been tempted in that way yet. And I wonder, oh great one, how you would go and how you will hold up. In a world that just seems to be so picky, you know what I mean? I mean, we can, we can never, it seems we find real difficulty in owning up. It's, I did it. I did it. It was me. And don't we kind of long in our prayers to see a day when, when uh, we'll stop saying, well, it's not our fault, it's their fault. And, my, and because it's a bit current at the moment, Take your place in the world, Christian. Stand up and fight for what you know to be right. We're seeing an increasing idea that Christianity is not a good thing. I heard uh, Mike Stevens from Clovercrest preaching a few weeks ago at Gawler. He's a senior there at Clover and he was saying, he's reading some book, I can't remember the name of the book, but he was saying that the, the substance or the thesis of the book is that we've moved from having a sort of central place in society to the margins and now even we're considered at times to be dangerous as people. And we've seen that worked out this week in a fellow who lost his job just because he's a Christian. Now, I don't want you to get the wrong message here at all because... Um, in one way, we know things like that are going to happen. That's, that's been the history of the church. Yeah? But in another way, we need to get hold of this prayer. 
whilst it's going on, we pray, Father, lead us not into temptation, deliver us. And rather than us being always the no people, we're the people of say, we've got the best message in the world. And so that's a difficulty, isn't it? This is not in my notes. Can I add five minutes on here? No, it's all right. But, I mean, this is a difficulty, isn't it? Because there are things we stand for as people who follow Jesus because he's probably delivered us in some cases from those very things that, that bound us. And now we say, we've got the best message. But there are times when we want to say to the world, oh, don't go there. But other people say it's fine to go there. And then instead of being the people that bring hope, we're seen as the people that the hope crushes. That's why prayer, I think, in this season in the church is so crucial. Lead us not into temptation. As somebody said, it's not a picnic. Well, you're darn right it's not. But if Jesus had to go through this, then what of us? <laughs> Surely the point here is it's not the trials, it's how we deal with them. How do I face things like this when they come my way? And I want to say to you, it sure helps to get things sorted out ahead of time. Yep. Because if, you, if, you, if, you're, not, if you're not sort of primed to, to deal with what's going on in your life ahead of time, you're going to get caught. It's no good rushing around. Hang on, I've got these notes are stuck here. I should know this sermon by heart. Well, whatever. There are going to be times when, if you're not sort of prepared ahead, then uh, things are going to come your way. You think about that. James said, consider it all joy, my brothers or my sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But James lost his head, I reckon. How many of you wake up in the morning and say, I want some joy today, Lord. Send me a trial or two. Oh, oh, oh. Woo, come on. Now, what he's saying, isn't he saying, there are times when you go through it, but hey, God's with you. I mean, there's some parts of the scripture we, we love a lot, but did you learn that one by heart? Consider it all joy. But he is our rescuer. And to ask God our Father to do this is in fact a clear statement of fact that we cannot of our own selves rescue ourselves. That's a mouthful. We have neither the power nor the strength to do so. So years ago, I learned by heart 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Does anybody else learn it by heart? I guarantee there are some people in this room would know it by heart. Lois is saying it there. She's got a... That's the one. There is no other temptation overtaken you such as common to man or to human beings. But God is faithful. God is faithful. And with the temptation, he'll provide a way of escape so that you may be able to endure it. Something like that. Anyway, reasonably close. I might have missed out a word or something there. There's, there's nothing that God can't rescue you from. 
I grew up in a church where every week we prayed the Lord's Prayer. I wouldn't have had a clue what I was praying when I was a little boy. But I sure do now. And I know that when I pray to be delivered from evil, that's what I want. When I pray to not be led into temptation and rescued from evil, that's what I want. I don't want it in my life. You don't want it in your life. You don't want it in the church's life. You don't want it in the community's life, yeah? You don't want it in the life of your family, your friends, the loved ones you're praying for, or the neighbour across the street who you're asking to come to church or whatever. You don't want that stuff in your life. We don't want to be bombarded day after day, week after week, night after night with all the sins and failings of men and women across the world. Do we? We want to be delivered from it. The reality is, friends, we are in a battle. And at some point in our Christian experience, that's what will happen to us. The reality of that will come home big time. And yes, it is the flesh. Yes, it is the world. Yes, it is the devil. It's all of that. But it can be just plain straight out evil. And we're asking for our Father to deliver us from it. So when we pray, we're praying, lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. But I want to say one other thing about that. Because I've been raised in the West, I think very singularly about me and my family, my wife, my children, or just me. Now, it's not a suspicion I have, but the prayer actually says, Father, lead what? Us. Deliver us. You with me? I've stretched it out to make the point. So when I pray, lead us, deliver us, I'm praying for friends, I'm praying for children, I'm praying for my wife, I'm praying for family, I'm praying for sisters and brothers in the faith, I'm praying for my church, I'm praying for other churches, I'm praying for the nation and so forth and so on. So surely, Father, Thank you that if we ask, and if we don't, even if we don't ask, we're praying to be delivered from trials and testings and toughness and to be kept from the evil one. See, you can translate evil as quite legitimately as the evil one. So when we come into this battle, we don't want him. So whatever issues you may be facing in your life right now, be assured that the prayers of your church family are with you. So here's something I I would like you to, to do. Two things. It's and and but. Can you say it again? And and but. Let me talk about the but for a second. Normally... We in this country, when we say but, we say, I like, I like John Smith, but. And then we go on to say all the things that, well, he could improve on. In my case, there are quite a number. But when you read the scriptures and the word but appears, you'll always, just about always find 
the love, the mercy, the grace, the power, the rescue of God promised you. Are you with me? God's but is a positive but. I but, get off that. (laughs) It's a good but. Because he's always saying, you know, you were like that once, but now you have been in Ephesians 2. You were children of the devil, he says in Colossians, but now you're in the kingdom of light. You with me? So here's, lead us, but deliver us. It's positive. That's the first thing I'd like you to take away. Here's the second. At least make a mental note to do and I will do, who do you partner up with in prayer? Who's somebody you can actually trust to pray the things in life for you and you for them? I, I've been thinking quite a bit about this and the reality is, you know, when, when prayer, prayer or sharing prayer needs doesn't have to turn into the local gossip centre of the church. Huh? That's not the point. But you can go to, I can go to Damien, would you pray for me about an issue? And he, he, he can say to me quite fairly, I don't need to know about your issue, but I will pray for you, right? And immediately, no, I've got somebody who says, you know what, I'll walk with you in this bit of journey here and I'll pray with you. I think that is more powerful than having to bear everything. Sometimes that's appropriate, it's not inappropriate, obviously, but... The, the issue is that I'm just saying, would you pray with me in this? And immediately, a burden carried is a burden halved. You with me? So, in a moment or two, I'm going to ask you to be quiet, and not that you're not, actually you're all very quiet, um, but just in the peace place of your heart to be with God for a moment or two and think about some of the issues that you might be praying about at the moment. And think about who you might, if, you've, if you ha- aren't doing this already, might invite into your life to share some of the journey, yeah? That would be really super. So let's do that. Let's be quiet before the Lord if it helps you to, to concentrate by closing your eyes and all of that. Feel free to do that, but you don't have to. That's fine. Whatever whatever works for you. There'll be people on your, in your mind, in your thinking. Perhaps you're facing issues in your life. Be assured nothing has to be faced by yourself. There's so many people we know that have been duped by the enemy and we're not going to give up on them, are we? Father, we thank you that we can do that. We can cast our cares on you and all our troubles and burdens. and We do that knowing that you know what we go through because your son went through it. And in all things, just like we are, tempted yet without sin. 
So we are so grateful for that. And we're grateful to be taught to pray that way. And we want to go out from this place with hope uh, deeply in our hearts because you are our rescuer. You're the, you're the deliverer. You're the one. That's what your word says. You rescue us. You do that, Father. We are so utterly grateful. We are amazed by it, but we are so grateful. So just a little bit more of that, mate. As people just offer up lives, their cares, their worries, the trials, the temptations, the difficulties, the stuff of life. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. If you'd like me to pray for you, eyes are closed, just pop your hand up and I'll include you in this final prayer. I'd be happy to do that. Thank you. Any others? Thanks very much. Thank you. Father, as we go from this place, I pray for the dear ones who uh, just acknowledged before your throne that they would very much like you to meet with them in a special way. I pray for that right now. Pray for the whole church, universal, that you would bless the millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of people this Sunday who will worship you. We pray for the millions upon millions of people who will become Christians for the very first time today. We ask your blessing.